All right, everybody. Good morning. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Week number 18, the final week of the regular season in the NFL. Uh, a lot of action last weekend. One of the crazier final weekends that we've seen. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about a couple of different things that happened. But um, certainly with COVID and injuries, uh, some unsuspecting stars have been carrying fantasy teams and uh, yeah, just a just a wild finish to the fantasy football season. Again, I hope you're not playing this weekend because it's going to be challenging to navigate uh, how, how much people play, who does play. There's not a lot of games that are really up for debate. Uh, that one big game, obviously, the Chargers and the Raiders, which is a play-in game. Anyway, happy Saturday, Wiz. How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing, doing well. It's a cold, cold Saturday here in New York City, but uh, kind of football weather and uh, two games today and the rest of the games tomorrow is a couple of playoff spots in the NFL are still up for grabs, so looking forward to that. And I hope really, uh, you know, nobody's playing in leagues that this game really matters for anything because this is a, this is a real brain buster to try and figure out A, who's playing, B, how much time those guys who are playing are going to actually play in the game for. And uh, it's, uh, I, you know, I, I just hope leagues didn't use their setups to have this week in any sort of meaningful way. Yeah, exactly. And, then, and there are, like I said, there are a few games that definitely have meaning where teams, I mean, like like the Steelers, who have a very outside chance of making the playoffs, they need a lot of help to get there. I uh, talked about that play-in game, really, with the Raiders, which is, by the way, was, it is really hard to believe everything that's happened to the Raiders and it, it almost every week there's there's another incident with the Raiders uh, obviously it started with Gruden and it's just kind of carried through the season but the fact that this team is actually in line for a playoff spot is nothing short of a miracle quite frankly uh, and the one player that they've kind of figured out finally how to use you know you and I have lamented multiple times over the last couple of years uh, that that Hunter Renfro should be used in a, in a different capacity. Uh, it really took an injury to someone like Darren Waller this year to, to absolutely uh, put that in the spotlight. But Hunter Renfro, 99 catches, over 1,000 yards. I think he's got six or seven touchdowns. Just a, just a remarkable year. We've seen a cast of characters, Wiz, uh, late in the season. Obviously, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, what they've done. Amon uh, Ross St. Brown, who's probably the hottest receiver in football right now. I think he is... Outside of Jamar Chase, there's probably nobody close to him right now. Uh, I know you threw out a lot of um, interesting names out there in some leagues. Uh, Ungoabale, Jared Patterson, you know, these heroes that kind of pop up late in the season. I I think it's been extra emphasized this year with COVID. It normally happens because of injury, but COVID has allowed a lot of opportunity for some players. Yeah, it really has. I mean, you know, I started off in, in some of my key leagues with Jonathan Taylor, and James Robinson, and uh, I won leagues with <laughs> Darrell Williams and Jared Patterson as my uh, as my running backs. And uh, you never know how it's gonna how this thing is gonna shake out, especially with injuries at the end of the year. But yeah, I mean, um, seeing Brown on the on the uh, Lions has just been an unstoppable force these last month of the season. It's it's been more than just a couple of weeks. It's been a good four or five weeks where he has just been put up uh unbelievable numbers and I'm sure he's been on a league winner. He's been you know on, on league winners uh in in a lot of fantasy football leagues. So 
just, you know, something that you've really emphasized the last few years about some of these running backs that go so high in snake drafts and people pay so much more, so much money for in auction drafts, and they're just not there at the end of the season. Yeah, no, the running, you know, so it, it is interesting. I mean, I, I, I've, I've kind of shied away from paying up for running backs in one of the leagues that I'm partners with Connor. We're, we're kind of laughing at ourselves uh, yesterday. We were kind of talking about this. So we pay up to get Kamara and, and, and uh, Christian McCaffrey and decide to go cheap at the receiver position. We kind of wait around. We decide like whoever's the best available late in the draft and we're not going to spend a lot of money. We end up the season, some uh, you know, in twelve team league. I think our ranking at running back was something like ninth or tenth. We spent very little at wide receiver. I think our ranking was number one. So uh, you know, we just hit on a number of guys. We hit on Pittman. We hit on Waddle. Um, Godwin was probably the guy we paid the most money for. But outside of that, you know, there was a there was a steep drop off in what we paid for, and it just kind of shook out that way. Uh, there there is one league this year where I did get lucky, where running backs kind of carried me. Uh, but I, outside of Eckler, I really didn't pay up for anybody. So you just never know how it shakes out. I mean, look, Liz, look at look at your boy Laquan Treadwell, former Minnesota Viking. Every week in the last five, six weeks, you put Laquan Treadwell out there, he's going to get you anywhere from, I don't know, 12 to 15 points. He's been the most consistent receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you would have asked anybody if, if Laquan Treadwell would have made any kind of imprint in fantasy football this season, they would have called you nuts. Yeah, I picked him up in two different leagues in uh, the last five, six, you know, weeks of the season. You know, it's been the same thing, like four catches, 65 yards, five catches, 60 yards, four catches, 70 yards. I mean, he is, uh, he, he has been, he has been playing really well. And it kind of looks like he has like a, a new lease on life in the NFL uh, after being so highly regarded um, coming out of college. And uh, he's, he's been a you know guy that uh, we always talk about how players and certain teams finish and carry that momentum next year. And uh, he's certainly going to be on the list of players to keep your eye on to see if he can catch that, keep that momentum going to 2022 season. Yeah. I mean, it is, it has been amazing. Another player that I kind of picked up in a bunch of leagues at the end of the year. Um, unfortunately he's not playing this week is, is Brian Berrios, who was kind of a little bit of like a folk hero type of guy, almost like in the mold of a Danny Woodhead. Um, funny enough, the Patriots actually were the former uh, owner of, of, uh, of Berrios and he made his way to the Jets. He's a free agent this year. Uh, I, I think he would look lovely on a lot of different rosters, um, and maybe the Jets are the ones that end up uh, keeping him, depending on what happens with Jamison Crowder. But but what a finish for that player as well this year. And, and speaking of finishes, Wiz, I, I got to tell the you know one crazy story about that one play at the end of the game on Monday night. Here is the Steelers playing against the Browns. They're running out the clock. Uh, I end up winning a consolation game as a result of that late touchdown by Najee Harris when I thought the game was completely done. He was taking a knee. I actually know of an instance where someone won a game because of the extra point kicked at the end of that play uh, by Boswell, who Boswell, by the way, had a monster second half and uh, you know probably won some games for people in, in some leagues as well. It's just crazy, crazy finishes like that. You just never know in fantasy football, and, and it's not over, obviously, until that whistle ends the game in the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah, there was some, you know, 
the Harris run itself, uh, definitely won and lost games for, I'm sure, a lot of people. And, yeah, the, the extra point is uh, that's brutal. I know somebody who lost the game <clears throat> on the last play of the Raven game where um, the Ravens were trying to throw, you know, a pass and then lateral it back and forth. And, and Bateman caught that last pass, and he flipped it back to Marquise Brown. And Marquise Brown got hit as he barely touched the ball, and the, and the fumble was credited to him. And somebody lost the game. They lost the championship game because of the fumble that was credited to Marquise Brown. I mean, to me, that's as that's brutal as it could get. But it just goes to show you, you know, runs at the end of games, extra points, laterals. Um, just goes to show you how, you know, how 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 games can end and how sometimes the differential could come down to such uh, such such crazy plays. Yeah, you know it's going to be interesting, Wiz. Like kind of going back to the one thing one thing that you mentioned kind of earlier on the podcast. Like, it, will people rethink the strategy? Because I think the last couple of years we've seen this in snake drafts, we've seen it in auction drafts. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of employing the strategy anyway. I, I, I think people should be doing it, but I, I would like to see people spend less money on, on running backs. I just think that, especially now that you have a 17 game season, they're, they're so much more susceptible to injuries and being out three games, uh, the NFL's new rule in terms of the IR, and they can be more creative with that. I, I, I have to believe going into next season, especially you've been burned year after year by McCaffrey and Barkley, I have to believe going into next year's draft, people will reconsider how they spend at the running back position. Well, I, I think also is people have to, it's something that, you know, I remember going back in April and May, and as, as you know, even as it, it got closer to the start of the season, talking about when you you know you do your mock drafts and you do your preparation, don't do the same thing every time. Don't pick out of the same spot and draft the same player. Don't even draft the same position. I know I had in my snake drafts. I, I it just worked out. I did something different in every one. In one. I uh, took Derrick Henry, and another one, I took Travis Kelsey with my first pick. Another one, I, I drafted a little bit later in the first round, I took Austin Eckler. I mean, if you if you if you just keep doing the same thing over and over and over with your practice drafts and your mock drafts, you end up with the same team. And then if something happens in the first round and you don't get that player, you seem all confused and you get rattled. So do different things and try different strategies and see how your team looks by taking a tight end, by taking a running, by taking a receiver, by doing different things. And I know you employed that as well. I know in one, um, you took uh, Devontae Adams with your pick. And, uh, you know, you, you just have to be be willing to, you know, pivot as these drafts go and being able to pivot. And the only way to do that is by, by, by doing different things in your preparation for the draft. Yeah, well said, Wiz. Uh, I will say one other thing, Wiz, because I had a couple of remarks in a couple of leagues this year about defensive scoring. Um, you know, in, in my leagues, I didn't touch the defenses. Uh, I think the one thing that happened this year in the NFL is offensive ineptitude uh, was probably more prevalent on multiple teams. Uh, we saw weeks where the Giants, the Jets, the Jaguars, early on the Lions, uh, the Bears, the teams could not move the football. So it became so much more challenging for teams to get over 300 yards, for teams to get over 
20 points in a game, uh, the amount of turnovers that were going on. Defense actually excelled this year. If you take a very close look at some of those statistics, and, and you and I, we tried to look at matchups you know, early on in the season to try to get ourselves in a good situation um, in terms of who you're squaring off against. It paid off for me in one league. I was looking at the Patriots-Jaguars in week 17. I was looking at, I was looking at that in week three. Uh, and in leagues where you see people streaming defenses when, it, when a defensive like, like that becomes available and you're anticipating getting the playoffs, that's kind of what you have to do. But I just wanted to say defenses had a big year scoring this year, and that's because there was just a lot of lousy offenses in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the NFL, just, you know, just on a team-by-team basis, how many elite defenses are there? Now, I'm not talking about how you compare them against a third-string quarterback or a guy who's playing because their starter has COVID or because the starter's hurt or guys that are just riddled with injuries. Just defenses on themselves. How many are elite? I mean, really, it's definitely a few, but it's it's not many. And uh, also, you know, it, 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 sometimes it's tough to – to really tell because sometimes these defenses look unbelievable one week and then you go up against another offense you go okay yeah that was because of who they were playing the week before so when I'm looking at it you know the Bills they started off terrific but when they lost white for the year it just something was taken away from that defense and J.J. Watt I mean, T.J. Watt has been in and out of the lineup for the Steelers this year, and their defense was great, but then some weeks it looks like you could, you know, run the ball all over them. So, you know, when you look at the NFL, how many defenses do you feel are just elite? Because to me, when it comes to fantasy football and defenses, it, it's, it's, it's a complete situation where streaming defenses is the way to go and, and mixing and matching is really the way to go because there's no defense that I feel against a good offense is going to stop them uh, in terms of the teams that are in the NFL right now. What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I, don't think that, I don't think there are a lot of elite defenses. You know, it's kind of funny. The chief defense has been, you know, to your point, has been one of the hottest defenses in the NFL. You know, they play that game against Cincinnati. We anticipate it being a little bit more of a high-scoring ball game. You know, the Chiefs got their heads handed to them in terms of being able to stop Cincinnati. They couldn't do it. So I agree with you. And, and, and I think, look, I'm actually rethinking this in, 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 in a couple of leagues that I'm doing where I haven't done it yet, but it's something that I'm pondering. You know, I, I, we, we do this in some leagues, Wiz, where we do not have limits to how many defenses you can carry or how many kickers you can carry. I like I, I do like that roster flexibility and and you know you and I did this in one of the leagues. Unfortunately, we ended up losing in 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 the first round of the playoffs. But I think we had four defenses on our roster for a lot of the time because we were basically playing matchups. And I think if an owner wants to do that, you should allow an owner to be able to do that. Uh, you know, if he's able to kind of navigate that and and pick his spots, uh, his or her spots, excuse me, uh, then then that should be the case. So yeah, it's something that I'm kind of rethinking to allow more expanded use of uh, your bench where you can you can put whoever you want on the bench if you want to carry four defenses you should be able to yeah i'm i'm a big proponent of of letting 
teams do exactly what they want with their bench. There's different philosophies and, di- and different thinkings. And if you limit a position, it kind of takes away maybe that person's philosophy and thinking about it. I mean, you know, I just think, you know, that's what it's all about. I mean, some guys like to, they can't get a top five quarterback and they'll say, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stream my quarterback's best matchup. And I think <clears throat> some guys like to do that with their defenses as well. And when you limit a certain position, you kind of take the ability from them doing that. So <clears throat> I'm for all for, you know, here's your roster, have at it. You do what you want with your roster. I'll do what I want with my roster. And then uh, we'll see what happens. Yep. So something I'm, something I'm considering for a couple of my leagues next year. So anyway, we have uh, we do have football today, Wiz. We have the uh, Kansas City Chiefs squaring off against the Denver Broncos. We have the Dallas Cowboys visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. That's the two Saturday games. I mean, really, teams are just kind of playing for positioning. So that, that's about the extent of what this means. All, uh, the three three of the four teams are going to be in the playoffs. The Broncos will not. So. Um, in this game, Wiz, uh, the, the Eagles are laying, uh, sorry, the Eagles are getting four points. Uh, the over-under is 43.5. Kansas City Chiefs currently laying 10.5. And, and the over-under is 44.5 in that ball game. So do you have any views uh, on the lines in this particular, uh, in these two particular matchups this week? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play two things. One, the line's out, obviously, it's on a game. The other one is the player prop is not out. But I'll start with the second game first. I'm going to take the Cowboys, and I'm going to lay four points on the road in this game. I'm just somebody who just likes to follow trends, and 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 things usually play out that way. And the Cowboys have played five games out of their six games in their division, and they've won their five games by an average of 21 points. They've won by an average of three touchdowns a game in their five games against division opponents. <clears throat> I'm just going to say it's just a complete dominance by the Cowboys in their division. So in terms of game lines today, I'm going to take the Cowboys and lay four points on the road. What say you? Uh, yeah, I, I like both favorites today, Wiz. Uh, they're one-unit plays for me, but I'm with you. I like the Cowboys laying four. Uh, as you mentioned, they've been dominant within the division. I just think um, you know they're playing out the string for, in terms of the Denver Broncos, uh, Drew Locke, a quarterback. Uh, the, the Chiefs are playing for something, and they're playing very good football right now. Uh, I, I do like the Chiefs laying those 10.5. I know the Broncos can be stingy against passing games, and we look if we look at the if the if you look at the player props, this is the lowest output. And, and granted, they've definitely not been producing of late because both players are on the COVID list. But this is the lowest predictable uh, number for uh, receiving yards by by Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Both are under sixty five yards in terms of total yards. I mean, Mahomes has been spreading it out more. They've been using their running game a lot more. I just I, I just think the Broncos. It's been a very frustrating season. They've got lots of decisions to make. Uh, in the offseason at both the quarterback position, potentially the head coach position. Uh, but I like two, the both favorites uh, this Saturday, Wiz. Yeah, I have no, you know, I'd certainly be you know, rooting for you to win your uh, Kansas City wager. I have no opinion on that game. The the prop lines, player prop lines, is really nothing out on the Cowboy Eagle game. And, you know, most of the stuff I think is out on the Kansas City Denver game. Did you take a look at that? Is there anything in the Kansas City game that you like? Is there anything in the Cowboy game that you're 
waiting to come out to maybe play. Yeah, so I am waiting for something to come out. Uh, first game this year, Dalton Schultz, six catches, 80 yards, two touchdowns against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles ranked 31 out of 32 teams against the tight end. Uh, so based on that, and we know that Michael Gallup is out of the lineup. I don't think Cooper Cup, uh, sorry, Cooper Cup, uh, um, uh, Amari Cooper necessarily plays well on the road. We've talked about that many times before. Uh, Dalton Schultz has been a high, high, high target guy in this offense, and I expect them to have a good game. So uh, I'm waiting for the lines on Dalton Schultz to come out, uh, and I'm waiting. For, that's the only one that I'm really looking at. I was intrigued by both Kelsey and Hill at the at the at the number of yards that they were priced at, but those guys have definitely you know been a little bit more inconsistent and it seems like they've both struggled kind of condition wise to get back into things so I'm, I'm shying away from it I was intrigued by it but I'm shying away from it I'm just waiting for Dalton Schultz so I, I have one thought on the on the Kansas City game is that if you look back at the entire this past season I don't think there are any plays I can't remember any of them and we we've seen it over the last few years at least a handful of times where Mahomes has hit Hill on one of those exciting, breathtaking 70, 80 yard touchdown passes. I don't think it's happened at all this year. I think today's the day. The Broncos have been susceptible um, to the deep pass, and I'm waiting for the Patrick Mahomes longest completion to come out. It's not out. I saw the, they had, believe it or not, Drew Locke's uh, longest completion. I'm waiting to see, you know, if they post something on Mahomes. So I'm going to take a stab on that one because I think that could be one that maybe in this type of game they're going to take some shots um, with Hill deep, and uh, I, I'm, I'm going to look at that. So that's my only thought on that. And, and one interesting player in terms of DraftKings is, I don't know, I'm always interested when a, t- a player goes up against his former team. I don't know. I think Corey Clement is going to get a decent amount of playing time. How do you view him and Cedric Wilson, the Cowboy, in his game today where, you, you know, you mentioned about Cooper. I don't necessarily think they're going to be playing – those guys the entire game. I'm talking about Cooper and Lamb, and we know Gallup's out. So what do you think about Clement and Cedric Wilson on the Cowboys, maybe on DraftKings? Yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought of Clement, quite frankly. So uh, I'm definitely – it definitely makes me curious, uh, like, in terms of the call. How much is Clement? Like, is he the bare minimum? No, he's not the bare minimum. He's like $40-something, $100, I think, um, for this game. I didn't take – you know, they don't really change – the prices on, on the DraftKings lineups and less, you know, it, it usually takes a few weeks um, for them to catch up if there's a major injury and another running back gets a lot of, a lot of you know, playing time. But here's a situation, right, where, where Pollard has already been ruled out of the game, and I cannot imagine that they're going to be giving Ezekiel Elliott um, a lot of catches in this game. So it was just a player uh, that, I, that I was looking at you know, maybe to do something, you know, in this game. I'm always interested, like I said, in these, you know, players, maybe a little bit more, uh, maybe a little bit more incentive um, going up against his, his one. He's 4,000, by the way, Clement, uh, in the game today against Eagles. Was any player in this type of game, in these two games today, or, you know, any interest that uh, maybe, you know, low, low salary, um, you get a salary break that you like today? Yeah, Cedric Wilson at forty two hundred was was definitely a guy. I feel you almost have to play Daryl Williams at his price point. I think it's like fifty nine hundred. 
Um, and, and the other guy, this is going to be a weird one because he's kind of done nothing, but it looks like I, I, Goddard's out this week, correct? Yeah, I think Goddard is, I, I believe, what was the latest on Goddard? Yeah, he has, he's COVID. Yeah. yeah so uh, I have a feeling, and, he, and he's really cheap. He scored a touchdown last year. He, he actually was one of the leading receivers for the Eagles. Uh, he was out there a lot more this past week, and now with Goddard out of it, it kind of fits some of the patterns, like the shorter patterns that Goddard would run. I, I keep an eye on Greg Ward at 3,300, uh, just on the field a lot more uh, in this past week. He scored a touchdown. 3,300, that's just kind of a, like a sneaky guy that I, I'd want to try to get in there this week uh, in a couple of DraftKings lineups. All right, fantastic. And uh, we'll be you know putting something out early tomorrow morning as well, right, for the uh... – for the for the Sunday slate, I took a look at the rest of the games on on uh, player props. Uh, most of the stuff was not out at all. So hopefully uh, tomorrow morning we'll have a better idea and be able to uh, give some uh, good ones out. But as for, for me today, uh, I'm going to play the uh, Cowboys laying four on the road, and I'm going to play if it comes out the Patrick Mahomes over the, whatever the longest completion is. I'm going to assume it's going to be. You know, in the high 30s, maybe 37 and a half, 38 and a half. But I'm going to play over if that comes out, and you're going to take both favorites today. I'm uh, taking both favorites, and I'm waiting for Dalton Schultz information. So that's where we're going right. with that. And uh, look forward Fantastic. to talking tomorrow. Enjoy the games today, Wiz. Uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. And I guess, Wiz, because I, I, usually I'm not very nice to the man uh, because I don't really think his uh, fantasy tactics are all that good, but uh, – Oh boy, Jimmy O'Mara today, it's a birthday boy for him. So I'm going to wish Jimmy O a happy birthday. Uh, I don't know if he's listening or not. If he was listening, he'd be winning more, but that's a whole other story. So <laughs> Happy birthday to Jimmy. All right, Wiz. We'll see you later. Talk tomorrow. You got it.